Matthew 13, verse 51. I mentioned last Sunday that it's my intentions, Lord willing, to finish up the 13th chapter of Matthew, hopefully uh, by the end of July, and then we're going to uh, be preaching several other messages in August, some uh, different messages pertaining to the church. be a couple Sundays. I want to share several personal things about the church, where we are, our future, and a few things. I trust you'll be praying uh, in that regard for us. But our intentions are, Lord willing, we'll try to finish up this 13th chapter, take a few weeks, maybe a month break, and then, Lord willing, later on come back to chapter 14 of of Matthew. This is the 104th in a series of messages from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, verse number 51, and verse number 52. Before we read these verses, I want to remind you of a word, a verse that the Apostle James wrote in James 1.22 where he says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And then he makes this statement, deceiving your own selves. Meaning, if we hear the Word of God, and we fail to act upon that Word, then we have deceived ourselves. Now, long before James penned those words, our Lord is questioning His disciples about how they have heard and do they understand what He has just been giving them in these seven parables? Follow with me in verse 51 and 52 of Matthew 13. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto Him, Yea, Lord, or Yes, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. This is an especially important moment for the disciples. Jesus has already commissioned them to go preach the message of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. In other words, it would be their job to proclaim the message of the kingdom. The question comes, how can they do that if they do not understand what Jesus has just taught them about the kingdom? Seven stories, seven parables Jesus has just given them. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows in the field. The kingdom of heaven is like tares among wheat. The kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed, like a net out in the sea. The kingdom of heaven is like Jesus has just given them seven stories, teaching them and telling them what the kingdom of heaven is like. They are going to have to preach the kingdom of heaven they are going to proclaim and declare that message to a lost world. And Jesus is now asking them, Have you understood what I have told you? 
Have you got a grip on what I have just taught? To which they respond, Yes, Lord, we have. And then he says, Well, in light of that, then I want you to know that every scribe or every person who interprets the law or who interprets the Word of God, he's like a man who owns a house. He's a house owner, a house holder. And that householder has treasure. He has things that are valuable. And in his treasure are things that are old that are valuable and things that are new that are also valuable. And when he has a guest come, he brings out of his treasure both things that are old and both things that are new. He doesn't throw the old things away, nor does he only embrace the old and forget about the new. But to him, both the old and the new is valuable treasure. And it is his responsibility to present that in order that people might appreciate that treasure. Now there are some Bible scholars and some commentaries, maybe if you have a study Bible there in your hand or on your lap, maybe it'll be in a postscript or over the text. Some will say that this is another parable that Jesus spoke in verse 51 and 52. Some will not. I'll just say this, if it is another parable, then it is certainly not as dramatic or as colorful as the previous parables. Certainly it is a more personal, direct word than with any of the other parables. Personally, I think these words in verse 51 and 52 are more of a simile, a comparison, than they are specifically a parable. Either way, these words are very personal, they are very important, and they are foundational for what is going to proceed from this point on in the lives of the disciples. So with that in mind, I want us, by the help of the Spirit of God this morning, to take a closer look at these very personal and instructive words from Jesus to His disciples and also to us this morning. There are three basic things that I want to mention, three basic approaches to the text. First of all, the question of Jesus to the disciples in the first part of verse 51. Secondly, the answer of the disciples to Jesus in the latter part of verse 51. And then in verse 52, the story of the householder in verse number 52. Look at me first of all at the question of Jesus to the disciples. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? Have you understood all these things? Jesus' question is interesting because it implies that He is interested in knowing how much they have understood or if they have understood anything that He has just said to them in the preceding seven parables. He would have never asked them this question if He were not interested in their understanding level. It is also implication, the question implies, that our Lord is able to comfort and convict them in relation to their answer. If they haven't understood anything, that would be very convicting. If they had understood everything, then that would be convicting as well because we, don't, we know they didn't understand everything, so they're not being presumptuous in this. But it's giving our Lord a feedback as to their level of understanding. He is not asking them what they felt 
about what He has taught them. He's not asking them those types of questions, but rather He is saying, Do you understand what I have been teaching? Do you understand these things? In the immediate context, these things are, of course, the seven parables. In the larger context, they would be all of His teaching up to this point. But for the immediate context, do you understand these parables? Obviously, some were easy to understand compared to others because our Lord gave the explanation to several of them. But they are being asked, do you understand? This word understands comes from the Greek word that means to put together. Jesus is saying, are you able to put together what I am saying about the kingdom of God? When I told you about the sower and the seed, were you able to put that together in how the kingdom advances by sowing the seed of the word of God? When I told you about the mustard seed, are you able to put together about the insignificant size of it in comparison to the potential of it? Were you able to understand that? Are you able to comprehend that and put that together? When I told you about the dragnet and the judgment that was coming and how they would bring the net in and and separate in that day, were you able to understand that? Were you able to comprehend what I was saying about that particular parable? That is the question that Jesus was asking. Are you able to put it together? Are you able to comprehend it? He is not asking them if they perfectly understood every element of His teaching. He's not asking them if they've got it all nailed down. Now, maybe some of them thought they had. Maybe some like Peter, you know, when the Lord would question him, Peter would always say, I got it, you know, I got it, only to find out a few seconds later that he didn't have it. But our Lord is asking them, are you able to put these things together? To be able to understand is the ability to understand concepts, to see relationships between things. Or as we might say, are you able to put the pieces of the puzzle together? Understanding is very important to the proclamation of the message of the kingdom. You cannot proclaim what you do not understand. I've been asked a lot of times over the years, why is it that people who profess to know Christ do not witness and do not share their faith and do not evangelize? There's a lot of answers to that. Number one, they may not be saved themselves. Number two, some people are just fearful and none of us like to cause a problem. And some of us have a nature that is more that way than others. But I think one of the most obvious things is that many of us don't feel adequate. Uh, We don't feel like we understand the gospel or understand the truth enough to share it with others. And if that be the case, then the answer is, why not? We have a resident teacher who lives within us. We have an inerrant Word of God that we can read every day as much as we want to. We have the information that we need, the promise of the power that God has given unto us. And that's what Jesus is asking His disciples. Just where are you in relation to this understanding of what you're going to have to preach? Understanding is a very important part of the message of the kingdom and the message of the gospel. You may have overlooked it or just not parked there as we drove through this 13th chapter. But this word understand appears six times in Matthew 13. It appears in verse number 13. It appears in verse number 14, and it appears in verse number 15. It also appears in verse number 19. The Word also appears again in verse number 23, where Jesus said, But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the Word and understandeth it. 
And then again in verse 51 of our text, the word understood. So six times in Matthew 13, this word understand or understandeth or understood is appearing in the text. It is important this morning that we be able to put together and that we be able to comprehend. I want to say two words. First, to those of you who think you understand all of it, you don't. And second, to those of you who think you don't understand any of it, that's not true either. None of us understand perfectly. None of us understand perfectly. But you've already said under four or five minutes of preaching, you surely ought to understand something, if nothing else, by just being in this service this morning. But our Lord is concerned about how His disciples understand because in order to communicate, we must be able to understand. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the preaching of the gospel advances by the proclamation of the Word of God. That's the only way truth advances is by the proclamation of the Word of God. Even when Paul was encouraging those believers to live a life that was, that was uh, pleasing and a life that would point people to Christ, he, he used the analogy of the Scriptures. Ye are epistles known and read of all men. It is the Word of God, the knowledge of the Word of God, and the understanding of the Word of God that gives us truth to proclaim to a people who are lost without Him. On one level, our Lord's question is simple. Do you get it? On a deeper level, the question is not so simple. Do you comprehend what I've said? Do you understand about the mustard seed? Do you understand about the dragnet? Uh, did you follow me when I told you about uh, the kingdom of heaven uh, like under leaven? Did you understand that? Are you comprehending that? Are you making any attempt to go any further in that? Or did you just let that lay by the side? This word understand was also used in secular Greek literature as the flowing of two rivers together. And that's what our Lord is saying here. Are you picking up on how this is coming together? I know you men, you disciples, you have an Old Testament background. You know the prophecies of the kingdom and you know the prophecies of the Old Testament do you see now, with the arrival of me as Messiah, the King, do you see how the river is coming together? Do you see how all of this is happening? Do you understand this morning from the Old Testament how man was created and how man disobeyed God and sinned? And how after that, God, who already had it planned in glory even before the sin, God told man that He would send a seed from woman to redeem man from that sin? Do you understand that old treasure in the old Bible? And do you understand in the new, in the new treasure, that Jesus Christ was that seed? That He was that promise? That He was the one sent to bring man back to God? That's what Jesus is asking His disciples. He is saying it's like a householder who has old treasure and new treasure. And he's not ashamed to bring them both together and show them to his guests because one without the other leaves an incomplete treasure. Oh, thank God we have the complete treasure of the Word of God. 66 books, the Old and the New Testament. 
the old and the new, the old and the new. Without the old, you don't understand the new. Without the new, the old cannot be fulfilled. You can't lay one aside and pick up the other. This is the treasure of truth that we've been taught. Not just seven parables, but the entire treasure chest of God's eternal Word. And we need to understand what is happening in Scripture. You don't come to understanding just by sitting and listening to me. You don't come to understanding just by attending a Sunday school class. Them Christians there, them Christians in the book of Acts, they searched the Scriptures. They ransacked the pages. They did to the pages of God's Word what a child in my generation used to do to the Sears and Roebuck Christmas catalog. They turned down every page. They ransacked the pages. They circled every item. And that's what we must do as God's people if we're going to proclaim the message of the kingdom. I had several teachers in my grade school, and uh, I had one particular teacher, Miss uh, Miss Shoemaker, and uh, I think she came to Lenore several years ago. I think she went in Brother Ira's shop up there. She called me from up there. Uh, they, he had told her that I was her pastor, and she had. Uh, and Ira called me and told me about it. Miss Helen Shoemaker. She lived in Union Grove. I don't know if she's still living living or not, but uh, she taught me math. Well, she taught math. I'll leave out the other words. She taught math, and I was in her class. That's a more accurate statement. She taught math, and I was in her class. And I can remember her turning from the board and saying, Do you understand this? And I remember lying with my face. Yes, I understand this. But about three weeks later, paper proved that I did not understand that. Now, she wasn't condescending to me or condemning of me, but I, I just never grasped it. I just never got it. But I also remember being in her music class whenever those math wizards would sit there and they thought dough was something you made bread out of and ray me. They didn't know any of that. And she would turn and say, do you understand it? And I would shake my head, raise my hand and say, yes, I understand what do re mi fa so la ti. I understand that. I've heard that in the church choir practice, sitting there on the pew while Dad taught the choir. I know about that. I get that. I can put those pieces together. I understand that. That is what Jesus is saying to His disciples. There will always be a part of theology that I will have that math response to. I, I just don't fully understand it. I just don't get it. And there's parts of it, yes, yes. Yes, Lord, I get this. That's why we are to always be learning. That's why we are to always read our Bible. That's why we are to always study to show ourselves approved unto God for something in the old that you may look at today and say, I wonder, I wonder what that really means, and yet it's revealed in the new. Do you know today that there are Jewish people today who are standing at the wailing wall in Israel praying for the Messiah to come? And they have the Old Testament book of Daniel that talks about the Son of Man, but they don't grasp it, they don't get it, they don't understand it. We pray for God to open their eyes and enlighten them as He did us. There was a day when I didn't understand it either, but thank God through the work of the Word and the work of the Holy Spirit, and that continues all through our Christian life. Why? Because we are those who God has left this truth with to proclaim it to a world who knows nothing about anything from Genesis 
to Revelation. Do you understand? You say, preacher, I have difficulty. Well, listen to the psalmist, Psalm 119, 33, 34. Listen to this prayer. It'd be a good one for all of us to pray. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. There are reasons why we do and don't do certain things. Brother Mike and I were talking just a few minutes ago about mishandling and handling tools. There was a reason in my shop class when Mr. B would show us how to drill and how not to drill. There was a reason why when we went to the bandsaw that we dropped the guard down to the measurement of the wood. I came in as a senior one day, just a few months before graduating. I came in to the shop, was putting up some picket fence out in front of the high school, decorating up for graduation, and they, a couple of them were too long. And he said, run down there and cut about a half inch off that, off that, that piece of, of, of fence, a little, little lattice-like fence. And I run down there. There was a freshman, a freshman class of all people in shop. And I run in there, a senior, run over to the bandsaw, flip it on, and did not drop the guard. The guy that he cut before had cut a piece, so the guard was up here. I'm cutting down here. I remember Mr. B's words, whoa, 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 whoa. And everybody got quiet. He said, cut it off, Safred, cut it off. He said, boys, gather around the river. Said, teaching moment. Said, the senior's going to teach you something. I knew what was coming. I knew what was coming. If it had been athletics, I'd have run the field 50 times, I guess. He said, tell these young, immature, ignorant freshmen. He said, oh, oh, wise senior. He said, tell them why you're cutting this after four years of shop. Tell them why you're cutting that with the guard up that high. And brother, I told them. I was in a hurry. I disregarded everything my shop teachers had ever told me. I could stand to lose my fingers and a lot more. And I did it out of haste and ignorance. That satisfied him. And he said, now put it down right and we'll all, we'll all see you do it. Plus, when I got done, it was my turn. I didn't know it, but it was my turn to vacuum out the bandsaw and get it cleaned and grease it, tighten the blade, the whole nine yards. I did it all for them. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. You say, well, I know what the Bible says. That's good. But do you understand? Have you gone back to that Scripture? Has anyone in here over since May? We started here in the, in the parables back in May. In the last six, seven weeks. Has anyone in, the, in here in the last six or seven weeks went back to a parable that I preached and said, Lord, give me understanding. Help me to understand this more deeply. Help me to know this. Help me to figure this out. Help me to grasp this truth. Listen to Psalm 119, 144. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Listen to this prayer again. Give me understanding and I shall live. Proverbs 2, 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Jesus said to them, Do you understand all these things? As I said, the immediate context of the word these things are the parables. But it goes much broader than that. And can I ask you this this morning? Do you understand this? Do you understand these things? You say, well, I just don't read the Bible. It's not understandable. That is an incorrect statement. Thank God we have the teacher of the Bible, the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, 
He don't just come here one day out of seven to preach to you. When I'm done and I give you my 45 or 50 minutes, He will go home with you. He will abide with you. Every time you open up your Bible, He is there to shed light and guidance on the very Word that He Himself inspired the men to write in perfection. Brother, no other program can offer you that kind of help. No other thing on earth. And He's not a program or a thing. He's a living person inside your heart. Next time you read a verse of Scripture and you think you got it, those are the ones that are dangerous, those you think you fully understand. Pray this prayer. Teach me, O Lord. The way of thy statutes. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Ask him for he gives wisdom. It's out of his mouth that understanding and knowledge comes. Christians must embrace the truth of God that's preached. It's not simply to be listened to. It's not simply to entertain or to mark time between 11.20 and 12. We are to embrace it with our hearts and our lives when we hear the truth of God proclaimed. And the question Jesus asks here is designed to press His disciples to grasp the implications of the parables that He has been teaching. Matthew Henry said this, I quote, It is the will of Christ that those who read and hear the Word should understand it. It is therefore good for us when we have read or heard the Word to examine ourselves, to be examined as to whether we have understood it or not. End quote. And that is so true. And that's precisely what Jesus is asking His disciples here. Have you understood all these things? Now if you're in, if you're in math class like I was, don't say yes if you don't. No, I don't understand. Look at their reply in verse 51, the latter part of verse 51. They say unto him, Yea, Lord. I read many writers who thought they were just being a little arrogant or overconfident. I, I don't really approach it in that message. I, I think they answered it in sincerity because I think they did get some of it. It's one of confidence on the surface. But I don't think they're claiming to understand everything. That's not what's happening here. The disciples are not saying they completely understood the things the Lord had been teaching them in the parables or even back before. And we know from Scriptures they did not fully understand. In Mark 6.52, when He done the miraculous loaf of fishes, the Bible said they didn't understand His power. In Matthew 15, verse 15 through 17, they didn't understand His teaching. In John 12.16, they didn't understand His actions. In John 13... Uh, when he's washing feet, they said they didn't understand that. In Luke 9:44, they did not understand his redemptive mission. Luke 18:31 through 34, they did not understand his sacrificial death and why he had to do what he did. And certainly, John 20 verse 9, they did not understand his resurrection. So this is not a comprehensive blanket statement. Yeah, we get every bit of it. What it is, is this. They see the pattern of both the old and the new, and that's what they're going to have to, that's what they're going to, have to get and understand and pray about and mature in to keep growing in the Lord. One of the great dangers of churches today is to be around a group of people who think they've got it. They've got it. 
And you know what revival has become today in most churches? Getting us all back to something we thought we had that we never had to begin with. That's not what this is about. They are saying, we, yes, we're, we see the puzzle here. We see the, oh, we, we, we're getting parts of it. And he wants them to know, I want you to understand that this is the way it's going to be. While I'm here, after I'm gone, you're going to preach. And after you're gone, other men are going to preach. And he's talking about all the way down to a July 17th Sunday morning, 2022 years on the right side of the cross, when a, when a preacher is standing and preaching to people, still encouraging and exhorting them to stay in their Bible and to keep digging and keep praying so you can keep understanding because you're understanding treasure. And the treasure you're understanding is Jesus. The treasure you're understanding is the great plan of God. The treasure you're understanding is how a holy God came to redeem sinful, corrupt man. And through the sacrifice of His Son, thank God that work was completed on the cross. That's a treasure. And when you see something in the Old Testament that prophesies about it, and then you read in the New Testament where that prophecy is fulfilled, that's rejoicing ground. When you see something in the Old Testament that says this is going to happen, and you search the Scriptures in the New Testament, and yet it hasn't happened, that's promising ground. There's something yet to come. This is what is happening in the text. It was happening for the disciples, and it's still happening for us. We're not here every Sunday to come and rehash a few things that we think we're right in that everybody else is wrong in. No, these are the treasures of God's Word. These are the treasures of the truth of Almighty God. While they did not understand a lot of things, I will say they understood probably more than we give them credit for. The growth of their understanding throughout the New Testament is absolutely amazing. Peter specifically which has been the one individual that I personally studied more than any of the other apostles. Peter. You read all the things Peter says wrong in the Gospels, and then you read his epistle. And when I preached through Peter, you, some of you may remember I made this statement. I said, I wish I had the knowledge, or I wish I could find a preacher or a scholar who did have the knowledge, who could take everything that Peter wrote in, the book of, in his epistles and show us from the Gospels how those were, that was an area in which Peter had matured and came to understanding. You, you do remember when he's in the garden and takes out the sword to cut off the servant's ear because he's afraid? You do remember when he's huddling up there uh, in the upper room after Jesus has died? They're up there, remember all of them for fear of the Jews? They're afraid? You remember that? You remember that? That's the same apostle who would write to us later and say... You can cast all your care upon Him. You don't have to fear, little flock. You don't have to be afraid. He has matured in understanding and in Christian growth. The Spirit of God is here to help us. How did these men mature? By the Spirit of God, same Spirit within us. John 16, 13. When He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. What is it the Holy Spirit speaks to us? He speaks to us the Word of God. People today say the Holy Spirit tells them all sort of weird things. He tells me to do this. He tells me to do that. And they're not biblical based. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's most likely Satan. The Holy Spirit takes these truths, the treasures of the old and the new, and He speaks them to our hearts as we're studying the Word of God and as we're learning and as we are growing. 
How did these men grow? Because of the residency of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, because of Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to word and to prayer. Sometimes I feel, I know people ask me things sometimes about, what does your church do? I've never figured out how to answer that. I know what they're wanting. They're wanting an arms list of activities that we do. When you tell them that you preach the word, and that you pray together, you have communion together, and you worship together. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know about that stuff. But what does your church really do? We really do what we need to really do in order to understand the great treasures of the old and the new. Jesus. It's all about Him. What was the content of their understanding when they replied, yes, were they right? I think the answer to both questions is in the story of this householder, and that's why Jesus gives it, which brings me to the third and final statement here. Not only the question, their reply, but then this story. What was the content of their understanding? When they replied, yes, were they right? I think this story gives us the answer. Because Jesus says in verse 52, therefore, meaning in light of your answer, or because of the answer you just gave, I'm going to tell you this story. The kingdom of heaven is like a man. He owns a house. He's a householder. And when a guest comes by, or some, for some reason, this householder will get his treasures out, whatever they are, old and new. It, I, know it's, I know there's people here old, as old as me and some older than me, this is something I'm changing right in my life. I, when you get older, do old things become more valuable than new? I don't, somehow or another, it, it does. I guess that's why it's old men wear the same clothes till we die. I don't know, but uh, it, it, it just, for some reason, old, I, I don't know, but there's a place for both, a place for both. But I am deeply troubled by churches who just want to camp in some little circle of oldness. They, they've just marked off their territory and they just want to camp there. And they think everything about God is just in that little area. These men are going to pre- these men Jesus is speaking to right now are going to preach things. Things are going to come out of their mouth. Things are going to come off the end of their pen that they have no clue about when Jesus is saying these words to them. But they're going to devote themselves. And they're going to understand. And they're going to pray. And they're going to ask God for wisdom. The story of the householder, the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, every scribe which is instructed in the kingdom of heaven. The scribe was the Old Testament man who was was to be an expert, skilled in the Mosaic law. He interpreted, learned, and then interpreted and was a teacher of God's word. And Jesus is saying to these men, the kingdom of God will have its scribes. Just like the Old Testament had its scribes. Ezra was a scribe. They took the word and wrote it and pinned it down and interpreted it. There was a lot of scribes. And Jesus saying the kingdom of God is going to have its scribes too. They are men who hear the word, learn the word, study the word, and apply the truth of God's word. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, proclaim it to others. Preacher, I don't ever think I could stand and do what you do. You may never have to. God may never call you to do that. But if you're a husband and a father, you need to understand the word of God. Hear it, learn it, study it. And apply it so you can teach it to your children. Every scribe, Jesus said, is like a man who brings out his treasure, old and new. 
and this must be in his treasure before he can bring it out. It has to be in the treasure before he can bring it out. Would you like for me to do a verse-by-verse -verse exposition of the book of Ezekiel and tell you whatever symbol and sign in the book of Ezekiel means? Would you like for me to do that sometime in the future? You better pray for a miracle of God because I don't have a clue on half of that. And I got more sense than to stand up here and try to do, preach something I don't know anything about. There are men who do, maybe. I don't. That's why I have to be ever learning and studying the Word of God. And, and when a book like that is so, is so difficult for me to understand, brother, when I, when I see a treasure in there that points me to Christ and His cross or points me to fulfillment, brother, it's something I want to share with my guests and with my friends. If you think I come to each text every week already knowing the text before I get to it, well, preacher, we, you already know that's not how this works. We only, I only present a text to you once I understand it to the point that the Lord gives me permission to preach it. You say, well, you bound to already know what chapter 14, verse 1 means. Not quite. We understand this story of the householder. He's got old treasure. He's got new treasure. These disciples, they had... They had knowledge of the Old Testament in certain ways. They knew prophecies. They knew what Isaiah said. And now the prophecies fulfilled. The virgin has conceived. The child has been born. He's standing right there teaching to them. Jesus said, you've got to understand these things. Biblical truth, the full revelation of God's truth, both Old and New Testaments, they are a treasure. They are a deposit of wealth. This actually, the Word of God is the, most, is the most valuable thing any of us have, and I doubt if any of us have a dime's insurance on our Bible. Probably don't. But we know it's the most valuable treasure we have. Do you read it? It's a deposit of wealth. Why does the householder in this story, why does he bring forth out of the treasure, the text says, things old and new? Certainly not to just sit there, and look at it. That's been, one of the things that gets under my skin as quick as anything is when I hear preachers strutting around preaching about the King James Bible. And I've heard them for years and bless their hearts, they've never preached one word out of it. They just strut around talking about how great it is to carry it. The best thing about this translation of the Bible or any accurate translation is not that you carry it, Read it, study it, preach it, live it, share it with a lost, dying world. This is not a golden calf to be bowed down before. These are treasures. It's not enough for us to say, hey, we figured this out. Let's build a monument and hope other people will get to come around and figure out what we figured out. No, this treasure is to be shared, both old and new. When a householder brings his treasure out, he does it for one reason. To provide for his family. There's only one reason a householder brings, notice in the text, the words bringeth forth out of. It means he is bringing out of his treasure, not just to show it off. He's bringing it out in order to provide. In order to provide. In my grandparents' house, they had a cookie jar. And there was things in there that were not cookies. You, now, the older folks know what I'm talking about. 
Younger people may have to actually Google a regular cookie jar and then go back. A cookie jar or the flower, sometimes in the bottom of it, like at my grandma's, in an envelope was the extra money, the emergency fund. Money, you'll have to Google that one too if you're in this culture. Emergency money. That meant when the baby got sick or when the power got cut off and there wasn't any money coming or the crop didn't do right. They went to that cookie jar. They went down in there in the emergency fund. They went down there to get what they had saved. And they went down there to get what they had put back. It was their treasure. And when they went in there, they didn't go in there to look at it. They didn't go in there just to admire it. When company come, they didn't bring it out just to say, look what we've saved. No, when they went in there, they went in there because they had to have it to provide. When this householder brought out his old and new treasure, he did it to provide truth to those who were guests in his house. When we learn and dig and study and grow in the Word of God, we are doing it so we can provide truth to a generation that's full of lies and a generation of error. Listen. I know there's no such thing as transgenderism. I know that. I know that people are created and born in this world, male and female. And no matter what we do to our bodies, that never changes. I know that. I don't know that because I'm smarter than someone else. I know that because in the old treasure, that's what it says. God made the male and female. Even in the new treasure, Jesus said that Himself. I understand that. I know that marriage is only between a male and a female. I understand that. Why do I understand that? Because your mom and dad beat that in your head? No, I understand that because that's what the treasure teaches, right? We understand that. We don't need to be walking around like we are arrogant and that we... That we, are whole, that we know that, so that's our treasure, and we're just holding that up over everybody. No, what we know, we know to provide truth. We know to provide truth to people. If you know Jesus saves, provide that truth to a lost man. If you know the Word of God is infallible, provide that truth to a lost man. If you know Christ alone is the way of salvation, provide that treasure like this householder did. The old only makes sense in the light of the new, and the new only makes sense in the light of the old. I'm not going to invite you to go home with me, as I've told you before. I've always been afraid to do that for fear someone may take me up on that. But as I said at my study this morning, I was, I'd been reading back through Matthew 15 and, or 13, and I seen that word understand. And I thought, I wonder, how many, I wonder how many times that word is actually in 13. So I click on my computer program, my word search program, and I ask it to show me the word understand, how many times it appears in the Gospel of Matthew, and how many times it appears in the 13th chapter in all of its forms, understand, understanding, understandeth. And as no sooner as I clicked it, then bang, it told me exactly where all those words were. Within seconds. That's new technology. I've been with you 14 years this, this month. Started preaching in 1973. I guarantee in 1973, 1978, 1980, if I had wanted to know how many times the word understood or understand was in the Bible, well, I wouldn't even have brought it up. We're talking 
major time. Unless I'd been to a Bible conference like West Illinois or been somewhere where a man was preaching and he had made that statement and I wrote it down in my notes, it would have took me hours and days to have run that back. But I don't throw away that old and just lean on the new because the power may go off, right? But I don't, it takes, it takes both of them. The discipline of the old and the study requirement of the old is what makes the new. And when you see it and God shows it, that's why I'm asking you today, study to show yourself approved. There'll be a day, may have already happened, when you're tired of me or some other preacher. But there shall never be a day when you're tired of the Word of God. And by the way, when a man preaches the Word of God, a congregation who is interested in the Word of God, don't get tired of him hardly as fast. That's when he tells the same jokes over and over and over and over. No one has ever accused me of proselyting church members that I know about. If they have, they are wrong. There's a lot of families and individuals sitting here who've, who've come to be a part of this church over the past several years, 14 years, for which we're thankful to God. And none of them could stand and say, I was in my church, going to my church, I was happy in my church, and I came over here one time to a revival or Bible conference and Preacher Safer took me aside and run down my pastor and said, you'd be better off over here than you would over there. I, that's never happened. In my entire ministry, that's never happened and never will happen. If that ever happens, tell my boys, they, somebody needs to put me somewhere or give me something because that's not the way it works. However, what I'm about to say may sound like I'm proselyting, but I'm not. I want to say this in light of our text. Do not sit under a preacher, do not sit under a teacher, do not sit under any ministry where you have to weed out 80% of what's said because it's not biblical. Don't ever do it. Whether it's here or wherever, you don't do it. If you go visiting your family on Easter or Mother's Day or Father's Day, you might have to sit through 35 minutes of it, but don't do it. Don't do it. Don't ever sit under a preacher, teacher, or ministry where you can re receive anything but the truth of God's Word so you can open up your heart for the Spirit to apply it. And isn't it ironic, in most situations where people claim the Holy Ghost is working in a service is where a man is ranting and raving about everything but the Word of God. He's talking about banana pudding or talking about all this other stuff, and people are going crazy. But the Word of God is the treasure. Furthermore, let me just go ahead and close with this. It's my biblical conviction that expository preaching is the only God-approved message for acceptable and blessed preaching. Exposition. You know what the word exit means? If I told you right now to proceed to the exits, well, first of all, I have to tell you you're at liberty, but then I'd have to say proceed to the exit. You know what exit means? Out. Expositional preaching means that a man opens up Matthew 13, 51 and 52. He looks into that verse. He brings out the words that are in that verse within the context of what it is said. And he explains that to the best of his ability, connecting the old with the new. And that's why it becomes a treasure in your heart. If I had not preached the seven parables over the past eight or nine weeks and just got up here this morning, and we opened up to these two verses, would they have made sense to you at all? Probably not. You'd have said, what's he talking about?
but because you know what, what, we, what has happened in the past weeks, it makes sense. This is Jesus' postscript. This is His application of the sermon. This is His application of the message. Do you understand? And I want to ask this church that today as well. Do you understand? The old makes sense in light of the new. The sacrificial system of killing animals in the Old Testament makes absolutely no sense until you come to Christ in the New Testament and the Lamb of God. Amen? The moral laws of Moses written in the Old Testament, somehow they just hang there until Jesus comes and says, it has been written or it has been said, but I say unto you, thou shalt not murder means I just can't go out and take a man's life because I'm angry or upset with him. I can't do that. That's the old treasure. The new treasure is you can do that with your words if you're not careful. That's the treasure that we have. The mysteries of Daniel's prophecies will be totally fulfilled in the clear light of Jesus and His world-conquering kingdom. Acts 20, 27, Paul said, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Church, this is a very personal word from Jesus to us. Treasures of truth from both old and new. Sometimes we read the Old Testament and we don't, what, what's that got to do with anything? What has so-and-so begetting, so-and-so begetting, so-and-so begetting, so-and-so have to do with anything? What do I care if Jesse begat David and David begat and here? What do I care? I mean, what? Well, when you go to Matthew, all that begat and begot, begotten brought us our blessed Messiah, our Savior, our Lord, our King. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Forget my jokes. Forget my illustrations about my teachers. Forget the bandsaw incident. Forget all of that. Don't forget his word. I want to read this and I'm, we're going to close. Also forget the time. But I'm only preaching once today. Colossians 1. I want to read this. Because I want you to hear this from the lips of Paul. This is such a great prayer. Colossians chapter 1, Paul writing the Colossian church. He's praying for them. He says in verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, meaning since the day we heard that you, you were saved, do not cease to pray for you. And Listen to what he's praying to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul said, I'm praying for you that from the point of your salvation, you'll be full of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Now he says, why? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. There's a day, there was a day when I taught my children certain things they, they could do, certain things they could not do, and that's the way it was. And I'm sure they did not understand some of those things. I look back on some of the things I did, and I don't understand why I did them. 
Sometimes I did them for my own self more than them. But hopefully, somewhere in life, they look at those things and they say, okay, now I see why Dad restricted here, or now I see why he explained this here. Now I see the danger here. My dad, my dad taught me to never, never, never get under having at least three months of my bills saved up or paid for. I didn't understand that when a young person, but that comes in handy when you get laid off. You understand it. Why am I asking you to read your Bible? So we can get everybody up here and give you a ribbon? No. Why am I asking you to study the Word of God so I can say my church does it? No. Listen to what Paul said. I'm asking you to do this so you might walk well, you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all well-pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. There's not a parent in here, but what gets great joy and pleasure when you see the truths you've taught to your children or family, when you see them lived out, not, no, no longer just to please you, but live it out to please the Lord. None of you are here today to please me. None of you are here today to pass my exam. None of you are here today to do what I tell you to do so the preacher won't be mad at you. That's not, it isn't about me. This is about Jesus. Walking well-pleasing to Him. For I will not say to you whether you've done good or bad. It will be the Lord who will say to you and me, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Father, thank You this morning for this time together. Thank You for the help that You have given. Lord, the help You've given me this week. I want to thank You for this church. Lord, I thank You for those You have saved by Your grace. And Lord, I want to thank You for this Word that You've given us. There's things that we grasp, things that we do comprehend in some measure. Some comprehend them greater than others. But Lord, each of us are dependent upon Your Holy Spirit and upon remaining faithful and devoted to preaching and praying and hearing the Word so we can be well-pleasing and walk worthy of the Lord and bring pleasure and glory unto Your great name. Father, I pray this morning that somebody here will understand this message. Somebody here will get a grip. Somebody here will grasp it, comprehend the seriousness of it. And while every verse we read in our devotions and every time we open the Bible does not result in goosebumps and shouts, it results in comprehension and appreciation, which leads to growth and maturity and humbleness and brokenness. And the ability to take what we know and share it with a lost world. And Lord, Caldwell County is saturated. Our families are saturated with people who do not know. Thank you for the treasures, both old and new. We're scribes. We're the ones you've saved. We're the ones you've called. Pitiful we are, but Lord, you have called us and saved us. Now help us, Lord, to be good householders. And bring out of what we know about you and your word and provide for those who do not. Whether it's a mother talking to her daughter, a dad with his son riding down the road when he asks about being saved. Or whether it's our teachers standing in the class explaining words and context. And, or whether it's me standing here in the pulpit going verse by verse through books on whatever level you've placed us. Help us to be faithful and to be good householders. 
I love you, Father. And I thank you for your precious word. And I thank you for knowing me well enough to come live with me. And not just show up occasionally to bump me over the hump, but Lord, when you saved me, you moved in with me. Because you knew me. And I need your everyday guidance and your everyday help. Thank you for what you've said to this church this morning. And I pray you'd go with us now as we go our separate ways. And may we search the scriptures. May we ransack the pages in order to better understand. Thank you for who you are and all you've done. Help those again unable to be with us because of sickness this morning. Encourage them. Our folks who are in living facilities and nursing homes, those who are caregivers, Lord, bless them and encourage them today and help them, we pray. We'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your attention to the Word of the Lord this morning. Did you understand it? We'll see. We'll see. You're at liberty. The exits. <laughs>